Fellas. Welcome to the OMR podcast. This week's episode features Howard Lerman. Howard is the founder of Yext. And Yext is a billion-dollar company that's gone public uh, last year. And um, Howard sort of revolutionized uh, the local advertising market online. He helps especially for companies with lots of branches and lots of shops for small businesses. Um, it's just an incredible story um, that Howard developed in these past years. Uh, listen to his story. It's a uh, time well spent, I believe, for marketing guys. This week in English, because we have an English-speaking guest that's actually... Um, Howard speaks German as well, but I think English is, is a little easier for everybody. Um, uh, Howard Lerman is on the podcast. He's the founder of Yext. He's going to be a keynote speaker at our OMR Festival in March. And um, he's a really cool dude. Hi, Howard. Wie geht's? Hello. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you for coming. I mean, uh, we chatted a little bit uh, before we, the official start of the podcast. And um, I'm not sure if every, if every one of our listeners knows what Yext actually is. I mean, it's a billion-dollar company that you founded. It's actually um, listed. It, you 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 IPO'd it um, early last year. Um, what do you exactly do you do with Yext? Well, it's a, it's an exciting time in the technology industry because we are witnessing a platform shift to uh, uh, to artificial intelligence or AI. And if you look over the past five decades or so, there's been about four major platform shifts. The first was from mainframe servers to PC, then from PC to the internet, and then to mobile and cloud. And today we're witnessing a new shift from mobile and cloud to conversational AI. Services like Siri and Alexa and Google Assistant that can understand questions and, and give people answers. And for every marketer in the world, this is a profound change because for 20 years, their website was the centerpiece of their digital experience. Whenever you would search for something on Google, you'd get 10 blue links back on a page, you'd click the one you'd want and end up on a website. But today when you look for things, you no longer get links back on a page, you get structured direct answers. So. You know, if you're going to even ask something, I don't know, like, I don't know how well you'll be able to hear it, but if I were to ask, hey, Siri, where's the nearest McDonald's? Okay, Howard, here's what I found. She just shows you the answer in the form mm -hmm. of a map. And so mm -hmm. there's no web result there at all. This is the platform shift to structure direct answers with an artificial intelligence backend. And for marketers, this is a big deal because they've all made big investments in their website. But now at the exact moment of intent, these services are giving back maps and voice search answers and knowledge cards. So the question is, you were able to control your brand presence on your website before, but now these new services are the source of truth for information about you. And that's a subtle but profound shift because what happens when you change where one of your stores are or change how many calories are in one of your menu items or you have an event that's coming up next week that you want Google Assistant to know about. And that's what we founded Yext to do. We, we, we built a platform that let our customers control all their information in the cloud. Changes the hours of uh, one of their stores or decides to have a, 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 a restaurant stay, you know, have a new menu item. They just put that into our system and then it's automatically updated and over 100 digital endpoints like Facebook, even, by the way, in China, in WeChat. 
Okay, so so <clears throat> I you're mostly focused on on businesses that have a lot that that, that rely a lot on their local presences, right? I mean, like a classic e-commerce company that just has like one website is not so much your focus your focus is rather like a mcdonald's or like retailers with tons of different outlets and all that like people that that live on other platforms that have addresses that people go actually go to their stores is that your core target group you know our core target group is in is in most verticals though as you say e-commerce is not a big vertical for us our biggest vertical is fin financial services uh, followed by the top five including healthcare if you think about all the doctors and what insurances they accept you know you go to Google and you type in give me a doctor that is a cardiologist with this specialty and accepts this type of insurance or does this type of procedure that's a really detailed question and Siri or Google needs to have a lot of information in their knowledge graph to be able to give you that answer. So for any medical company, it's super important to manage all of the really specific details about their doctors, their facilities, the procedures they do, the insurances they accept. There's a lot of facts that have to be right in order for the AI service to give you the right answer. Mm -hmm. That's the big focus. And that's the opportunity for companies, um, for brands to be able to take control of their their presence everywhere around the world, by the way, in many different languages. You know, for example, there might be a lot of people speaking Turkish in Germany. Well, you've got to make sure that all that information, all that knowledge is not just sitting there in German, but is sitting there in Turkish. Or if you're a global company, that it's sitting in the right language for any, com for any country that you're serving your users in. Okay, okay. But I mean, so it goes from doctors to McDonald's branches to, to banks and their, and their local branches. Um, Insurance and, and, okay. is a big category for us. Car dealerships, uh, car dealerships, auto is is our is one of our biggest categories. Hotels are, are a huge category. Hospitality is a big category. You know, it's for for every you know our, our ultimate mission and what we celebrate. You know, if you look at the greatest companies in history, Nike stands for the athlete, and Apple stands for the creative genius or thinking differently with their ad campaigns, and Salesforce stands for the customer. Uh, and celebrates customer success with their CRM platform. And ultimately, Yext stands for the consumer, the consumer being able to find whatever they want on any service or any device anywhere so that a company like McDonald's, their customers are everywhere. They're using, they, they, they're in China, they're using WeChat, they're in Germany using Gelbazeiten, they're in you know the United States using Snapchat or Facebook or Uber and People want to experience the world on any type of app or platform that's out there. And, and so it's, it's, it's our mission to make sure that we've got perfect information about our customers everywhere, to, to make them once again the source of truth in this new world of AI services that now have their own brain of knowledge and are not reliant on the content that's sitting, the unstructured content sitting on the web that is essentially a series of strings connected by links but has no structure to this new structured world where if you ask Siri how many calories are in a Big Mac, instead of sending you to mcdonalds.com slash menu, she just says the answer is 550. And the question is how does she know that? It's in her own brain. And for every company in the world that has all these facts sitting on their website in an unstructured way, they've got to make sure that in this new world of AI, that their facts are structured in the cloud and then synced to all these intelligent services. 
so that they're found, so that they, they get more revenue and then they, they can control their brand, just like they used to 20 years ago when the web was the main way that people experienced the world. Now the main way that people experiences the world is through Google and Facebook and other types of third-party apps that you know McDonald's and others are no longer in control of. And so we, we want to put the customer back in control so that the end user gets the information directly from the source itself. How does that exactly work? I mean, there's not, uh, I mean, I assume there's not hundreds of people sitting there and, 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 and polishing Google Maps entries and I don't know, whatever, all these entry pages. It has to be like some scalable tech model that, that you use to bring all your customers to all these different websites and hubs where they need to be present. That's precisely right. We, we powered more than 28 million attributes in Google Maps, for example. That's a stunning amount of traffic. The data strongly backs up the case that at the exact moment of intent today, users don't end up on the web. They end up on maps. We ran a study for our customers. 80% of traffic at the, search, at, the, at the moment of search intent occurs on maps. They get 80, They get 2.7 times more driving direction requests and phone calls off of Google Maps, for example, than they get from their own website. This is a, this, what this means is it's more important for a company to focus on Google Maps than their own website by a factor of three. It's, uh, it's, the, the stats are, are stunning. And as you say, we have built a special network. Uh, we have very proprietary relationships with over 100 companies around the world from China to the United States that enable customers to truly control their information everywhere. Uh, it's all automated via proprietary APIs where we build special relationships. This is a, a critical breakthrough that enable brands and businesses from around the world to once again control their presence, to control what people find at that exact moment of intent, just like they used to when people would end up on the web. We want to make sure that you can control your answers in Google Assistant and Siri and on Google Maps and all the other places that people are finding when they're looking for you. And, and I mean, you started the company, I think, in 2011. Um, when, when did you know? In 2006, right? You started, you started uh, Yext in 2006, so, so, uh, so 11, 12 years ago. Um, how... I mean, at the time, there was no artificial intelligence. There was no, um, there was a different business model. I mean, or like a slightly different business model than what you have today. I mean, as what did you start out? We, we started the company 10 years ago as a paper call ad system, and we ultimately sold it and sort of reconceived this idea uh, a little bit after that. It's funny you say this. We, we started the X before the iPhone was launched. You know, it's better to be lucky than good. <laughs> yeah. We started Yext before Snapchat, before Uber, before the Google Maps app on an iPhone. We started Yext before Siri and Alexa, before voice search. We started Yext before AI was a thing, before self-driving cars were all the rage. We started Yext before most of these services that we use today Were, were even launched or founded. And we started the X off of a couple of sites, Yahoo and MapQuest, that 10 years ago really mattered. They really were important to the end user. 
And we saw three things. We, re- we had three big realizations when we started the company. The first realization was that, that the web was being disintermediated, that intelligent services like Google Maps were displacing the traffic that was being sent to the web. And this is easily seeable through any Google search. If you type in McDonald's onto your phone, the first web results that pop up are Google Maps in your search box. You don't even see the web at all. That's the case for a huge percentage of queries. Google Maps just pops up. That was the first realization we saw. The second realization was that because of this shift, the source of truth for information about McDonald's changed from McDonald's.com to Google Maps. And this is a subtle but you know, sort of seismic shift because what happened, it, you know, who, who is the ultimate source of truth about where McDonald's are and what, what items are on their menu? It's, is, it, is it Google? Is it Facebook? Well, we think it's McDonald's. We, we believe that the ultimate source of truth about what, what procedures a doctor does is the doctor. <laughs> I don't want someone to, to be inferring and guessing whether a cardiologist does a certain procedure or not. That's a, that, the, the source of truth for that is the cardiologist himself. So that was the second thing we realized. And the third thing we realized was that the world was going to change constantly and that there was going to be different types of AI services and you, that, that every intelligent service, you know, each of these maps or VR applications or mobile applications, or they were going to all have three layers. And kind of like four decades ago where uh, a company had uh, or any computer program had the old model view controller architecture that the services of the future were all going to have a similar three layers, which were today best expressed as UI, AI, and knowledge graph. The UI for you to engage with it, that could be AR or VR, uh, like the Oculus Rift, or even Snapchat, or even the virtual reality apps that you see popping up in the app store today. AI that computes answers to show you based on self-defining algorithms. And then the knowledge base or, or sort of data set that each of these services has in order to give to an end user. The thing is that we saw that that the UIs and AIs were going to be the areas where there was going to be innovation, that there was going to be deep innovation around the way that people experience the world and that the AI was going to be a place where the data sets, the computation around that was going to change vastly. But the knowledge base was going to stay the same. That is, the fact that there's a, a set of McDonald's locations and menus or uh, farmers insurance agents or you know restaurants or doctors, that was going to actually be constant in this world of change and that a company was going to need to find a way to control their presence across these innovative new services that were going to be coming out all the time. And so the, the sort of core hypothesis is that no, no company can control the UI or AI of the future, but every company is going to have to control their brand presence and all these services in a world of constant change. So, so that, that, and, that sounds all like very visionary, very strategic. I, I thought like I, I read your Wikipedia entry And um, I, I thought, like, after we met, like, a couple months ago in person, and I thought you were that young hustler guy that, like, actually, like, tried to, like, bring business to local businesses. Like, I, I read that you, like, 
run a company called Gym Ticket, where you like actually generated leads for for gyms, for fitness uh, studios, um, where you had like TVRepairman.com, where you generated leads for like TV uh, repair men or like their their businesses or, or veteran or veteran veterans tierärzte. Um, so so I thought like you were actually like. So like all of a sudden ending up in that business after you saw that that opportunity to to generate leads and and customers for local um, businesses isn't that the way it started? It's funny how the world gets started. We it is absolutely the case that we started off you know dabbling around in lead gen for gyms and for vets and for TV repair shops and actually the thing that we would do is we'd swap out their phone numbers for call tracking. So we'd sign up a customer, we'd put their phone number, we'd put a call tracking number on their own website and in, you know, Yahoo Maps or whatever and MapQuest and track the phone call. And dealing with these phone calls, with these phone numbers, it turned out that we ended up, because we wanted to track the phone calls by source, you ended up essentially for a given business, let's say I wanted to track how many phone calls I got from Yahoo versus MapQuest versus Google versus et cetera. Well, We ended up having to have about 30 phone numbers per business location we'd sign up, which when you did the math, if we got, you know, 100,000 businesses signed up, you'd have to have 300,000, uh, I'm sorry, you know, you'd have to have 3 million uh, phone numbers. So we, <laughs> we, ended up, we ended up with millions of phone numbers, and then we saw the chaos of trying to control these phone <laughs> numbers across multiple endpoints, which ultimately led to the realization of, wait a minute. You have to, a brand in this world of multiple publishers has absolutely no control over their own, of what these services are saying about them. Okay. And that was the critical moment where we were trying to represent their presence and saw that ultimately they wanted to control their presence and that, and that it was really hard. And so we went to all the publishers to you know, create deals for them where they got the win of getting the best content from the authority. But it just took a long time because you had to have a sufficient amount of data to make that possible. Um, so it's funny that that's the genesis of, of where the, you know, the idea came from was in the management of three million phone numbers. And, and then the story goes on. And, and I find that, I mean, quite like um, interesting. I, I, it, it's, it stuck with me that the name Yext actually um, was created on as like the next yellow pages. I mean, obviously what you do is sort of is like yellow pages for the future. And um, so you call it, yes, is, is that a true story or is it just like somewhere on the web as, a, as an anecdote? Das ist bestimmt die Wahrheit. Eine echte Geschichte. Okay, yeah, I mean, so is, is that storytelling? Is that part of your story or is that like seriously, did you sit in your office one day and said, okay, look, we have to call it yes. Well, you know, when you come up with a name for a company, there's this, there's this small company called NameLab. I don't know if you're in front of your computer. You, go, you all can just check it out right now if you go to NameLab.com. It's one of the coolest companies that ever since I started to become an entrepreneur around the turn of the century, I always paid attention to. And if you just click their clients tab, they have a list of names that they've made. They've made up the name Acura. CompUSA, Geo, Olive Garden, AutoZone, Viactive, AccuView. The list goes on and on, slice, you know, on and on and on of famous brands where they came up with the name. Mm -hmm. I, 
you know, I took the branding of the company pretty seriously and was thinking about, well, what, what name do we want to have? So I called up the founder of this company and asked him, you know, what his, you know, I was, you know, sort of what's your process. And it turns out what they do is they take a completely, a purely scientific approach, no creativity at all. And they come up, they have a process where they, they do a series of interviews with the customer and they, they ask what words, you know, what are you trying to convey in the brand? And they just, you know, write down all the words that the customer wants to convey. And then they have a gigantic database of what are called morphemes that are the smallest unit of lexicon in the English language that, uh, or any language that means something. So in the case, it's kind of like a Latin root, if you will. So like the name Verizon, V-E-R means truth for, you know, verify or, you know, trusted. That's, that's where that came from. And so they have this giant database of that. And then what they do is they simply fuse every possible combination of all the morphemes together with like a giant computer program that comes up with all the possible permutations of, of morphemes together that convey the you know, truth and stability, for example. So ver and then horizon come together as Verizon. That's their process. And so I had him walk me through this crazy process and I was like, well, that's great. How much does it cost? And he was like, well, it's $100,000. And I was like, well, see you later and hung up really fast. Mm. <laughs> and then was like, well, crap, we can do that. And so I just started coming up with all the, the different things we wanted to convey. And the critical thing we wanted to convey, which we've always wanted to convey is next, N-E-X-T, next generation. We, we believe we stand for innovation, innovation for the consumer, innovation for the publisher. And you know, we, we always want to be there in the world of constant innovation for our customers to put them in control. And the old way was the yellow pages. That was the old dis way that a business was discovered. The new way is through all these, you know, through all these different intelligent services. And, you know, and it used to be kind of simple. It used to be you could just call up your yellow pages rep and you place the ad. No longer can you really do that. You have to be thinking about all the different ways that people are engaging with you and your brand. And so we wanted to provide a single point that made that possible. In, in Germany, like some of the richest people in the country are the ones that actually owned the yellow page publishing houses um, decades ago or for decades, actually, because they didn't have to do much. They just like updated some addresses once in a while. Um, and then they brought out these books and it, it, it created a lot of wealth for certain people. Um, is, it the, is it the same true in the US? I mean, is the Yellow Pages founders or family, is that like a real rich family? Probably yes, right? You know, it's funny. The, the way that businesses have kind of evolved in Germany is a little bit different than in the United States. We tend to have more, in Germany, I have noticed, there's a lot of family-owned businesses. Um, and they, you know, sort of generational have been passed down from generation to generation. In the United States, they typically tend to be listed publicly. Mm. So, uh, you know, the Yellow Pages companies all went public. They were all actually part originally of the um, of the phone companies. So they were spun out of AT&T ah, and, okay, okay, you know, okay. and Verizon. Um, and it makes sense why a phone company would be associated with the Yellow Pages. But they're, they're probably slowly dying as well. I mean, right? I mean, who oh, needs, yeah. needs yellow pages? And did they yeah, never the approach you? I mean, you're basically like yellow pages 2.0. Uh, like, did they never approach you and, and try to like 
like buy your business or something, something like that? <laughs> We're a little bit beyond that as a public company now. And, I mean, no, but yeah. like two or three or four years ago, or five years we, ago. We, all, we got a lot of calls for M&A. You know, that, we, we've been always focused on building a big independent company. And when I, when I say that, I really mean that. I, I, I started this company with, with three people from my high school class. They're still here at Yex today. I went to this math and science high school kind of like a gymnasium mm -hmm. in, in Washington, D.C., met some people who were absolutely brilliant, in, particularly in software and computer engineering. In software engineering, we built the company. They're still here today. We never really had any intent to sell the company. It's way more fun to run a company than to be sitting on a beach. <laughs> so I, I, I still believe our best days are ahead. I think we're going to make more progress and see more innovation in the next 10 years than we saw over the last 10 years. I, I firmly believe that. Were you like a particular talented like kid or like, like young person so that, so that you went to like this, this, this um, like high school that actually like, like i don't know gross talents in the tech space i mean usually like you start like like dealing with these things in college or later but apparently you must have started very early on started very early on i think i think we you know we were we were like 12 or 13 and our i know our cto was seven when he started programming he won <laughs> you know international programming competitions he he they, these there's a there's some brilliant folks that i've had the opportunity to work with in brilliant technologists, innovation. Um, it's funny with our interviews at Yaks, one of the, the telling questions of how strong an engineer is, is at what age do they start programming? Okay. And the younger, there's a strong correlation between how strong a programmer is and how, how early they started. Okay. Okay. And, and so, so you started also like 10 or 11 or 12, so very early on. Pretty early on, and, our, and like I said, our CIO started at the age of seven. But by by heart, you're like a you're like a developer programmer, or are you like a um, are nah. you on, the, on the business side? You're a salesperson. Uh, you know, I I don't. I guess as an I'm an entrepreneur. I I never really you know wrote any lines of code. I definitely understand technology deeply. Um, you know, passed all the Microsoft certifications, was able to to do all that kind of stuff, went to the techie high school. But quickly, you know, my 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 guys here, we really they were really able to do that and I was able to focus on building the company and, and the vision. So um There, there's a lot of different aspects to running a company, Philip. <laughs> yeah, I, I understand that. So yeah. one, let's 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 go back to your to your business model for a second. Uh, so sure. we understand what you do and like how your service is, is like even more in demand now in the in the in the age of, of Siri and Alexa and all that. I I totally see that. But I, how do you actually then make money? And what do you what do you charge your customers? I mean, your customers then are the dealerships, the McDonald's's, the the retail branches, all that. What do you what do you ask from them for your services? We charge a price per license per managed entity per year. So if you have a thousand locations, you'll pay you'll buy a thousand licenses from Yex. Mm -hmm. And you pay a price per year for each of those managed entities. You pick a package, starter, basic or premium that has the level of features that you want 
the, you know, the base package may just have sort of the core knowledge management platform that, that is the system of record source of truth where you can store all this knowledge. You know, the starter has more of the outputs where you can sync the data everywhere. And then the top level stuff has more of the, the fancy bells and whistles, things like review management where, you know, you can hear as reviews occur, you can respond to reviews superior analytics so that you get beautiful, gorgeous dashboards that show you what's going on across your, your, your entities, across the publisher endpoints. Uh, and then, the, then we've got some products that let you incorporate all this knowledge into your own properties, into your own website, into your own mobile apps. What does you it know, cost? Like if, if I ran like, like five McDonald's branches here in Hamburg, what would I have to pay you? Oh gosh, I don't, like you know, roughly, I don't even, roughly. Oh, it, If you only have five locations, it's not much at all. You know, a couple thousand dollars. Okay, per month yeah. or per year? Per year, per year. Okay, okay. Year. So, so your your prime customers are the ones that have like I don't know five hundred branches, um, or like five thousand branches in in Germany, and then that's probably like what delivers more money to you. Then that's right. Okay, and I mean, you just recently you, you opened uh, your office in, in Germany. I, I was I was very surprised. I mean, I I, I didn't exactly know what Yext was because you were like like far away, and and now you're here in the market and you started with like a a couple of, like old friends, old uh, like people that are quite been around in the German market. Michael Hartwig, Ben Prause, like a like a whole like um, experienced sales team. Um, what's your first experiences in the German market for Yext? Well, we're really excited about Germany. Without question, I think it will ultimately be our biggest market in Europe and potentially outside of the United States simply because of the true need for digital knowledge management. I mean, Germany is set up in a way where there are lots of chains and multi-location types of places. And Germany is also a place where people are very mobile and using phones to move around the world and um, and and appreciates the need for precision and software to help automate things that um, that can be done in a, in, a, in a big way with you know with lots of companies and so uh, we've got a wonderful uh, managing director as you uh, as you mentioned in Michael Hartwig uh, he was a very senior person at Google at DoubleClick um, that that joined us we chose Berlin to launch our office we're really excited about that um, I realize it's a little unconventional for a software company to start in berlin but you should, you we felt in hamburg. You, <laughs> that, that was a mistake <laughs> <laughs> we we love hamburg i love hamburg i love munich too you know it was a tough choice the thing about germany is that there's there is no obvious choice unlike in the uk where you know you're in london or in paris where you're in, in france where you're in paris germany has multiple city centers and and so uh You spend a lot of time on planes going to visit customers and partners, but that's cool. I, I, I obviously liebe Deutschland, <laughs> and um, and Berlin was just a city that we felt great about. But it was a tough choice because boy, did I love Hamburg. Do, do, um, you, do you have like like German? I mean, two things. Like, do you have like a German company that you think you would need to talk to because they would like profit that much from your service like any like german company that has tons of branches or exactly like needs your service where that is like sort of on top of your hunting list oh yeah who's that oh well you know it's all you have to do is get in get in a car and drive around and look at the the big stores and towers that you see everywhere 
there, you know, we've, we've had, we've made some great progress in Germany in the, you know, in a very short time period. And, you know, although I can't be specific about with who that is, we're very committed to, to this market. We have a, a deep local presence in this market. I'm over there all the time. And, you know, with Michael and our new office in Berlin, you know, I, I think we've made a pretty big statement about our commitment to the German market being local, having a full team that's, that's there. We, you know, we have already a couple dozen people and I, we intend to make big investments in Germany to help German companies succeed in this new age of AI services. And who do you perceive as a competitor? I mean, from, from I mean, the one there's one company that I noticed here in Germany that is that is like uh, been talked uh, about, and, and especially like among founders and, the, and the, like about entrepreneurs. Um, that's that, that's a company called Uberal, I think. Um, anybody else that that I, I wouldn't know that many other companies that come to mind when thinking of a competitor. You know, there there are a couple of companies that have taken a strategy of copying us and that's you know a, a standard thing that happens when um you know when you when you have a lot of success our, our market is a winner-take-all type of market because ultimately at the end of the day what matters are the publisher relationships and the ability to sync all this knowledge across more places and it's actually not that easy to get a, a direct publisher relationship with a massive consumer internet publisher they have to really trust you Mm -hmm. we so, so the ability to get into like google maps and know exactly what to do there like know like the guy that's actually in charge of the product at google maps or like at whatever snapchat um, that trusts <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's not just knowing the guy you know it's, it, they, it's you you need to make sure if they're going to incorporate your knowledge into their into their experience which is the most important thing that they do and is the core mission that you know these multi-billion dollar companies get up every day You've got to have huge scale and make it worth their while and precision. So, you know, I think in the long run, we can offer our customers a superior experience. By the way, a global experience, too. I know many, many German companies, the biggest ones. They're, they're not just operating in Germany. They're operating across Europe. They're operating in North America. They're, they have their sites on Asia and are operating in China and Japan. We have a, a global presence, global offerings. We're in 72 different languages, I think is the number, 150 countries. Um, so we, we have a, a true global footprint that the, the, the exciting thing about AI and this, this platform shift that we are witnessing is that AI services, the rise of AI, it is a global phenomenon. It's happening around the world. I don't know if you saw the Alibaba AI system actually was the fastest It first off was the first AI bot or general, it's not general purpose AI, the first AI application to beat a series of humans in a uh, reading comprehension test. We are on the brink of some incredible AI breakthroughs. And every one of these AI services needs knowledge. They, their, their algorithms are fed by facts, by facts about businesses. And if They don't know about a business. They will not suggest that business. They have to have all the details right. And it can't just be like, oh, you know, the business's phone number is this and their address is this. It has to be like 
you know, people, people today, the average length of the queries they're asking are increasing. They want, they demand specific answers. They don't just say, give me the nearest McDonald's. They say, give me a place that has broccoli cheddar soup with less than 500 calories per serving. And that's the, that's the, the you know, query links have increased by 50%. And, but, and one of the major drivers of that is voice search. Voice search now, Google just revealed, is 20% of all queries on a mobile device, which is a stunning number. 20, one out of every five queries on a mobile device is voice. And people can talk faster than, than they can type. And they get really, they ask really specific things. And if, and if Google or Apple or Facebook or WeChat or Alibaba or AMAP or Yahoo, if these folks don't know a detail about a business, they simply aren't relevant or eligible to show up. That's how their algorithms work. They, they look for, you know, if, if, if Google doesn't know that Panera offers broccoli cheddar soup and doesn't know that there's a certain calorie count associated with it, they can't be eligible to appear in the answer. Okay. Okay. So you're saying like there isn't that many companies other than Yex that can actually provide that service. We think we're the best. We, we obviously think. you do obviously you do. but i mean is is, is i mean is it a, is it, it's a winner take all market why is it a winner take all market i mean couldn't like like other companies also integrate with google and and and, and with with snapchat and with uh, like all these these platforms and also like sell licenses to to potential customers absolutely folks can can you know get started and and, and try to do this kind of thing my, my point is if you look over a 10 to 30 year period What we are trying to do is build a tower of knowledge so vast that it is absolutely critical to every consumer publisher to the point where every, you know, if you look over the last 10 years, all we have seen is change. You know, the services that we use today are totally different. There's some stuff that's the thing is the funny thing about this is the stuff doesn't go away, right? There are just new things people use every day that changes the overall share. So the number of endpoints increases the number of and the and the amount of knowledge they need increased too. Okay. So we think, you know, if you look over the next 10 years, that the the amount of knowledge that we're going to be able to supply and innovation that we're going to be able to supply through things like our conversational UI that we launched are so it's a it's not even like a next generation type of activity. It's almost like comparing modes of transportation that it's a lot more efficient to take a plane than it is to, you know, take a skateboard. But so, sometimes my, my gut feeling is like, like, I mean, you have like this, I mean, a couple of weeks ago, um, I, 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 I came over to your offices here in Germany and, and, and met the guys and like, we talked about the business a little bit. And I, I was surprised about like ex the exact product that you offer. And, and like the, I mean, it's, it's really like a very efficient, very in-demand uh, problem-solving thing that you offer. But I mean, Sometimes my gut feeling is it comes across as too complicated. Like it's, it's I mean, like now listening to you, I understand what you're, what you offer and it makes total sense. Right. Yeah. But doesn't it feel like sometimes I feel like the, 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 the customer needs like a, a more like problem oriented answer. Like you are the guys that make him relevant, that make his branches relevant on all the platforms. For me, that's like it. it Isn't that is could that be your like your tagline um, as a working title at least? Because um, it sounds like I mean your like your vision is is, is is a lot more than that. I understand that, but sometimes I, I feel like people, especially here in Germany, they might not even like understand the beauty of what you do because it sounds so complex and so like uh, visionary. 
You know, we're talking on a podcast right now. When we talk about our products to customers, we we don't really talk. We just show. Okay. You know, if we were, if I was sitting with you right now, I would I would just pull up my phone and I would show you our new conversational bot. I would take a picture of us. I would text in to Knowledge Assistant uh, a photo of you and I, and then you would look on Google Maps and Facebook, and you'd see it right away. Okay. Okay. Well. Okay. And like, like, is there any like any Google search query that I should do that 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 shows like a customer of yours? Oh gosh, you know, I think if you were gonna to do Google queries or queries on any platform, you you would see, you'd be surprised by what percentage of the share that we actually are helping to drive for our for our customers. Um, your experience in Germany is going to be somewhat localized. If you were sitting here in the dot com in the United States. I'd know a bunch off the top of my head. Okay. 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 Um, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not Chris. I'm just like giving you my, my, my gut feeling that it's, it's, it's a very in demand product and you're like working on something that's probably going to be, become huge, or like even bigger than it already well, is. I mean, it's, it's a billion dollar company. Um, but like yeah, the, the I mean, problem is so strong. The problem is, is only becoming Bigger. You know, we're benefiting from a big tailwind here. Every yeah. time there's a new service that comes out, and there's been a lot in the last 10 years, or a new way that people engage with the service, like voice search, that there is a, a new demand for a brand to make sure that their business is properly represented in all these new services. And there's new kinds of content that they have to think about. With voice search, it's pretty different. So when, when, when Alexa came out with voice search first, or like when, when, when Apple came out with Siri, I don't know who was first, um, you sat in your, uh, in your office and, and, and pumped your fist and said, yes, that's going to help our business? We stand for the consumer innovation. You know, of course, it, it helps the whole world when there's new interfaces that people use, when there's new AIs that people use that make your life better. You know, it's free to the end user to use Siri. It's free to the end user to use WeChat. Yeah, but it probably, and, I mean, it, it drives your, 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 your value, right? I mean, it drives your, 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 your I mean, your solution and, and or the demand for your solution. I mean, I would imagine you're, you're sitting there and be like, yes, that's going to help us. That's probably going to increase our stock price or whatever. Um, or, or am I wrong? We, we stand for publisher consumer innovation and, Every time something new comes out, it's pretty cool for you know the consumer, and then it's exciting for us because we get to bring a new type of interface to our customers. So it gives us a new problem to to solve for them. That's that's a really exciting thing, also because we get to be tinkering with the coolest new things that come out every time a new service comes out, whether it's a horizontal service or a vertical service. We get to assess how we can help 28 million attributes about over a million locations end up properly in those, in those places. And it's, uh, and it's not just locations, it's new types of entities too. And um, what's, what's the latest service that came out that you saw that you were like, whoa, that's going to be huge. Maybe like a service <laughs> I haven't even heard of yet. Like, I mean, everybody knows what Google Maps is. Everybody knows what like Siri and Alexa are. But like, is there like a new thing that people like doing maybe in the US that we haven't heard of that much yet that you think is going to be huge that you've found since you're like so early on? Well, I mean, just today I looked at Apple.com and I see a HomePod sitting here. Order, and I, it's the first time I've seen this, order 
on starting on January 26th, which is three days away, available starting February 9th. That's pretty exciting. Okay, pretty cool. so, so, so you have to be present or you have to make sure that your customers <laughs> yeah. are present on the home part. Okay. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Do you think they're going to sell any of those? I think yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe they will. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, anything else other than that? Like, other than the home part is a good answer. Well, I gave you. I just gave you a good answer. Yeah, yeah. yeah I know. I know. I know. <laughs> so, so I was. I was. I was hoping there's even more than that. Of course, there's more than that. There's there's <laughs> new stuff every day. I you know. This is the excitement. If you look over the next decade, I think you're going to see massive leaps forward in AI, in home automation, in self-driving cars, in VR and AR. Those are the four big areas. Okay. So at some point... Oh, and, and then voice search. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Let's see, let's see what happens between now and March 23rd, because that's when you'll be um, uh, talking to us on, um, on the big stage. At in here in Hamburg at OMR, you'll be one of our keynote speakers. Um, I mean, and, and much deserved. So, I mean, the, the story that you have is, is is incredible, and I mean, the company um, uh, that you built. Uh, like one, my last question is: I mean, I know that you speak German quite well. I'm how come? Oh well, als ich gesehen war, hatte ich keine Austauschschule. Ah, okay. Und sie war sehr hübsch. Und okay. ich dachte es eine gute Idee wäre, Deutsch zu lernen. <laughs> so you learned it in like a week or two or what? Sehr schnell. Seriously? Aber es hilft mir nicht. Sie war 18, ich war nur 16. Und, uh, <laughs> aber jetzt spreche ich ein bisschen Deutsch. So. Seriously, that's, that's like, like from a long time ago. Like, like, I mean, I know always, not, always not lost. Seriously? Wow, that's impressive. I mean, that's, that's like how now you're like 38 or something, right? Um, 37. 37. Don't, don't, cheat, don't cheat me on a year. <laughs> yeah. So 37, that's like 20 years ago. And that's you right. Still, you still speak some German. I love Germany. Uh, you, I, I love the German culture. I love coming to Germany. I've been there many times over the years. And it's, it's really exciting for us to have the opportunity to bring this new category of digital knowledge management. And to, to your point about the complexity in storytelling, that's, you know, we're, this is a new category. This is not walking in with customer relationship management or enterprise resource planning and saying, hey, you know, we have something in the cloud or better or faster or cheaper than what you're already doing. This is saying, hey, there's a, there's a, a change happening in the world. It's a change that is, we are all witnessing, and it's, a, it's the rise of AI-powered services that need knowledge about your brand in order to be relevant in, in results and we want to help you control those results everywhere in the services of today and the services of tomorrow in every language in every country around the world we stand for your customer to always find the best information about you okay it's way more important than your website and and if there's one thing i can just impart upon your listeners it's that these intelligent services are at that moment of intent three to four times more important than your website. Okay. Okay. Well, let's, uh, let, let's hear more from you um, in a couple of weeks. Um, I, I'm glad you'll, you make another trip over. Um, and um, yeah, Howard, thank you very much for, for being on es the podcast. Freut mich. Es freut mich. Yes. I, uh, I'm really excited to, to see, to see and, and to visit the conference. I can't wait for it. And, uh, and I will see you very soon. 
Ja, yeah. ähm, man hat mir gesagt, du seist ein exzellenter Redner on stage, like an animal on stage. Ein <lacht> <lacht> animal, okay. <lacht> so, let's see. Okay, hey. see you soon. Bis bald. Bis bald. Was?